Well, let's get to this episode of No Driving Gloves in that case. It's all three of us for a change. Some reason, Will decided to stay home. I guess his wife grounded him. I don't think we've ever had an episode, really, that I've missed. Other than, Well, Derek did do that nice interview episode a couple of weeks back with uh, Andy. Weeks? I can't remember. What what was that? Months? <laughs> I think it was, that was last year. Well, that's still weeks. <laughs> and And the only reason that you haven't missed one is because when you can't do it, we don't do it. You you guys have the equipment to do it. Podcasting simple. A little bit of Google Hangout, a little bit of Audacity, two microphones. You'd be set. That's enough about the insides of podcasting. Have either one of you done anything exciting lately? i am uh, been distracted with a lot of things. Maybe I'll fill you in later. It's not really car-related. It's podcast-related, but it's not car-related, so it really doesn't have a place on the the. Wonderful, no driving gloves. That's all I've been doing is driving. Did I drove, you wear gloves? I drove, um, no, I actually had them off, so it was serious. Drove 33 hours for a one-day, six-hour car show. And you wonder why I ended up electing to stay home. <laughs> and, and pulled a trailer. Sorry about the background noise there. I was going to say, well, note that Will's changed his recording setup to uh, his... His uh, lower level of his estate, being as palatial as it is, his kids are hanging out with him. It's just the echo down those massive marble-lined halls. <laughs> That's the problem. Yeah. He, he has the uh, staff whipping the children into shape, I believe. That would be the dogs, not the staff. <laughs> we might as well be staff as much as they cost, right? <laughs> Uh, tell me about it. I think I got vet visits coming up next week for the, for the animals. Luckily, I'm I'm doing some work for the local veterinarians, so we have a pretty good trade out program. I would wonder who actually bills more in that case. <laughs> <laughs> the only time you have to wonder. No, we took a trip. Actually, the last two weeks I've been gone because uh, I was at the Atlanta Motorama, and then uh, the weekend after that. We went to uh, the uh, car show at McPherson College, so that was kind of neat to go back to uh, McPherson and uh, Friday afternoon actually got to do a presentation to the students and some of the uh, faculty and committee there. So that was that was pretty cool. Got to spend a little time with those guys and get to know some of them because it's all changed from when John and I were there. I mean, we went. We we, we did go to school with uh, Luke, um, but all the faculty faculties changed. Uh, the shop's been, you know, moved around a lot. It's totally different from the way it was when we were there. Other than the wood shop, the wood shop's still the same. So it was really neat being able to um, get to know some of the students and the faculty and the advisory board and and all that stuff. It was it was it was cool. It was really neat. The Atlanta Motorama is just one heck of a show. Uh, stuff going on for everybody, from monster trucks to track crews to autocross, show cars. I think they had Bonneville cars there in a special area this year. So it was it was really a good a good show. Uh, if if you're in the area, you need definitely need to be at that show next year. 
Now, I've seen some of the pictures out of McPherson and, and that. Um, what actually appeared, say, at this six-hour car show? I know there was a Bugatti race car and some they did the Model T build and some things like that. Was there anything really over-the-top exciting, or did what you bring, was that, that the hottest uh, hottest thing there? Well, I mean, I don't want to sound like I'm better than anybody, but... But you, you are. Know, no, I'm not. <laughs> um, mostly, it, it's... It's a lot of local cars, but there there were some really neat neat pieces there. Um, yeah, that Bugatti race car. There was a, I don't know if it was a Cuda or a Challenger that was there. That was these were these were cars that were invited. Uh, that was really really nice. Um, and then one of the advisory board members had his uh, real Cobra there, that he's drove cross country, drove through Alaska. You know, that, that was really, really cool, uh, seeing a, a real Cobra that has, you know, road rash and daily driving type type of car. And then a lot of just local, you know, cruise night type cars, you know, that people enjoy and drive a lot. And, and then, you know, going through the students' cars was pretty cool, too. So, I, John, I don't know if you know, but, you know, when we were in school there, there was a storage unit that got passed down to to me from the class above me. And I guess that has become a trend at the school now. Now it's called the sheds. And just about every student has a storage unit out there. And they go out there at night and on the weekends and when they're not in class and work on their own cars there at that storage facility back behind the school. Uh, I thought that was really cool, you know, because they don't allow you to really work on your own vehicles there at the, at the school. You know, that was really neat finding out some stuff like that. So the the the, the students there actually had some pretty full blown projects going on. That was really neat to see. Yeah, I didn't realize that it expanded. I know you guys, if I remember right, you crossed the street and went into the storage complex, and weren't you just there off to the right in like the first building or the second building? Right, right. Our, our garage door actually faced the college, so, you know, it was just basically walk across the street, and we had a garage there. Yeah, I had one, like, three in off to the left facing away from the college that there was a Fiat X19 in there uh, that I had bought, and it, a lot of that stuff was mainly for that um, low-cost project that I was doing at the time and never ended up completing as projects go, but... I do remember that well, I thought they were doing some student time in the shop or would allow that. But as a shop, you know, as you as a shop owner and me working in shops, I remember inter job interviews and they tell you, oh, you can, you know, on Friday we, we, you know, break down about noon and then you can bring your own car in for a few hours. And that never, you know, never works because you never, you know, by the time you get it in and taken apart, it's time to put it back together and. Um, I'm glad to see the students are doing that, and I imagine there's probably some interesting uh, stories and things going on there, but at least they're staying out of trouble, right? <laughs> yeah. Yeah, yeah I, I wish, you know, we would have, which, I mean, there was only, what, 13, 14 of us, you know, and there's, I don't know how many, 200, 300 kids in the program now. I, I wish we would have done a little more of that you know, a little more bonding, gave us a place to go, 
you know, off campus and drink, drink beer and, you know, do whatever we do. But I, I will tell you this about that show, man, it was, it was very, very, very well put on there. You know, if you were pre-registered, they had a line for you. If you wasn't pre-registered, they had a line for you. You pulled up, kids came out asking your last name. They came back with all your stuff. You pulled right in there. They got you parked real quick. Uh, they had everything labeled real nice of, you know, certain area, era of cars over here, certain era of cars over there. And, the hot rods and customs over here and the students keep, you know, cars over here. It was very, very well put on. Uh, they announced everything multiple times. So you didn't forget something like the model T build or, you know, tours of Templeton hall and, um, Donald Osborne sung the national anthem. I mean, it was just a very, very well produced show. I, I, I was probably more impressed by that than any vehicle there. I think Derek will even attest is that that check-in, check-out, and operation makes or breaks any show. You can have wonderful cars. You can have, you know, the best entertainment and stuff. But if that underlying organization isn't there, it, <laughs> no offense, but the show's crap. I'm gonna, You know, that's what I'm going to remember. So it was a crappy show. Yeah, they had a cool car, but... One hundred percent. Is that where I'm supposed to say I agree? <laughs> no, we would. We're just editing you out on that portion. I I would agree with that, John. One hundred percent. I've been to a few uh, very well known, very well attended shows that I have disliked due to very poor vehicle entry pathways. Let's put it that way. Yeah, I know. When I took over the uh, swap meet for the Barber Vintage Festival, one of the first things I did is uh, totally revamp the check-in procedure. And everybody who had been coming for 11 years prior called me before and told me it was going to be the worst thing ever. And afterwards, I was told not to change a thing by our staff and everybody who came through that check-in procedure. It just... I, you know, I think that's the best thing. It's one of the, my biggest irritants at some of the big national shows. Uh, just even going in as a spectator, it, sometimes it's a, a little bit rough. And uh, going in as a participant, you really need to take care of them. For for anyone thinking about putting on a show and um, getting vehicles in and out, and you plan on having brass era vehicles in the show. Uh, please do remember that brass era vehicles don't always like to sit and just idle for ever and ever and ever and ever. Um, they they oftentimes like to move a little bit to stay kind of cool. So, uh, race cars also fall into that category, as most of them don't have cooling systems. They do not like yes. the idling, nor do they like stop and go. Race cars have two speeds: stop and fast. And anything in between is kind of a pain. Weakest. Blah, 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 blah. Let me start that over. Do we transition into a topic here? I don't think. Uh, I got it. So we've talked a little about the shows and that. 
I'm working on the transition here into the show topic, guys. We're a little bit into the into the show, but I think recapping McPherson was a, a nice thing. I do support that, even though I didn't make the show this year. Maybe I'll make number 21. So you, you guys don't want to know what I've been doing that's interesting? Okay, what you been doing, Derek? Uh, really nothing. Um, going to work, coming home from work, uh, working on my Falcon. Uh, tell us about what you've been. It. Tell it's us been what been you've been boring. doing about the Falcon, you because you really can't tell us about what you do at the museum officially because now you're probably in some super secret project. You know, coming up with like the. Um, I'm not going to be mean, but something that's going on in Kentucky because. Now that you have your new emission center open and you've done a couple special exhibits, I'm sure a new one's in the works. But there's a few things coming up. What yeah. are, what do you got going on with your Falcon? Anything special? You're going to have that out on the uh, show season? Be taking it to some AACA meets and such? Mm, no, no, I, I don't really like going to shows that much with my cars. I prefer to drive them. So the plan is to drive it to and from work this summer. Getting it ready to go back on the road, John. That's the plan. You don't like driving them to shows? Well, yeah, but then I usually like park in the normal parking lot and walk around the show, and then I leave when I get bored. Because you're tight and don't want to pay the fee to go in there and just leave when no, you want to I leave? Just, I just don't want to sit around all day. Derek doesn't have any friends in Bowling Green yet. He's only been there two years. All his friends are in Michigan. That's how you make friends, is go to car shows and park next to people. I live left. Why are you guys picking on me? (laughs) It's either that or he's, uh, all his friends think he drives Chevys, you know. they They got him out of that horrible Ford and he's in that Chevy pick him up uh, GMC. It is a GMC. He's in that Chevy pick-em-up <laughs> with the fancy badge. But you've got to be in your General Motors project. Pro, pro, uh, blah, blah, blah. <laughs> Never mind. Let's go ahead and talk about rapping. <laughs> Dr. Dre? Well, this... Eminem? This... this no. Derek, she, y- your mic was breaking up there, and that sounded very Oaktown. Chatting, and we're going, you know, is there any advantages to wrapping a car or, quote, spray dipping a car with the, the, the plastic? It's known as spray wrap, and there's, you know, there's all these YouTube videos out right now, and there's uh, wrapping a car and getting you really interested in how quickly to, to vinyl wrap and how easy it is. And uh, a couple of my car wrapping friends have really lambasted that video. They have given her some props. She kind of in areas knows what she's doing and in other areas not. Will kind of said, what about wrapping a car? Is there a time to do it? Is there a time not to do it? Is there a reason to do it? Is there advantages? And uh, then I've got some friends that work with one of the spray vinyl spray coating companies not really paint but spray it on your car and then when you want to change the color you just peel it right off and go or should we just ignore this type of um, application and color changing and is painting a car the way to go and we kind of started talking about it before the show and started to roll with some ideas and we said hey let's just Let's just throw it on the show and see what we hash out here. So 
see what we know, what we don't know, and maybe we'll say something really wrong and we'll get a couple people to correct us. All right, well, I'll, I'll kick this off then. So, uh, you know, obviously most of my life has been more experience with painting cars. Uh, growing up, you know, the restoration world, I grew up around uh, being involved with painting cars you know, from all different eras. You know, now kind of at the, you know, at the Corvette Museum, I've, I've had a little more experience with vinyl wrapping. Uh, we actually have a, a Corvette racing simulator that when it came in was in a vinyl wrap that we didn't want it in. So we removed that vinyl wrap and had a different vinyl wrap put on it. And I will say that, you know, vinyl wrapping when it comes to the, in my opinion, the labor intensity of prepping a car for paint and then painting it and finishing it with all of your, you know, wet sanding and buffing and everything like that. Vinyl wrap is a much less labor intensive process, uh, especially if you're paying for someone to do it. But if you're doing it yourself, even the removal of an old wrap and the application of a new wrap, if you're talented enough to do it, uh, in my opinion, and Will, you might differ on this, you might not, but I think the the labor intensity of it is is much it's just much less it's a much simpler process. Oh, without a doubt, man, without a doubt. You know, even if you're painting it back the same color and not painting door jams or anything like that, wrapping is a whole lot less labor intensive than painting. I will say this though on Scotty's Denali you know, it was wrapped over paint that was put on the Denali in 05. And, you know, it had its normal dents and dings and, you know, nothing nothing major at all. And when Nate got there to do the wrap, I gave him a piece of tape and I said, Hey, I've, you know, I've never had anything professionally wrapped before. Take, take this roll of tape while I'm finishing up this side and... And on the other side, if you see something that needs to be fixed, just go ahead and tear off a little piece of tape and put it on it. So I was working on my side. I was over there for about 30 minutes or so, and I walked around to where Nate was on there. And he had basically taped the whole side of the Denali. And I was like, oh, crap. This thing's basically got to be ready for paint. And he said, oh, yeah, yeah. If, if, if not, then you'll see it. So... I will say this, if, if you're wrapping a vehicle that's older, that's never been wrapped, you do pretty much have to get it prepped and ready to spray. Uh, not quite to the extent of everything ready to spray and sanded. And it don't really hide anything. And I know that's uh, kind of a myth that's, that's been spread over the last several years about a vehicle that's been wrapped. Now, don't get me wrong. You, you unwrapped Scotty's Denali and there's some primer spots and stuff like that. But, you know, wrapping is wrapping a vehicle is not covering stuff up. You know, even the rocket Camaro, we unwrapped it, you know, a couple of months ago and, you know, there were primer spots and, 
you know, there were, there were, of course, we knew there were some issues with the wrap because you could see where it was starting to lift. You know, that car was in really pretty decent shape. So, you know, it, I'm sure you could use it to cover up some stuff, but you would be able to tell just like if you were painting something and cover, trying to cover something up. And that's what wrapping really comes down to is, you know, there's a lot of times that when I'm doing an appraisal or something on a car and I have my paint meter, it will read through a vinyl application to a car, whether it's wrapped or whether it's, you know, hood stripes or graphics, you know, screaming chicken on the hood. You can get the thickness of the vinyl. And the vinyl's a lot of the time 6 to 10 mil thick, which is not that much thicker, if any thicker, than an aftermarket paint job. A lot of... Uh, a lot of factory paint jobs are about five, six mils thick at the most. Most aftermarket paint jobs, you know, you're looking 10, 15 mil thick maybe, depending on what level of prep and how many layers of primer and stuff are there. So Will's right. There's, you know, the wrap's going to go on and the entire thing's sticky just like a paint application. So if you've got a door ding, if you've got a wave in the panel, if you've got a you know, a significant rock chip, you've got to do something to level that surface and make make the car straight. Otherwise, it's just like, you know, if you're doing gloss, the gloss is going to highlight it, just like if you painted it and if you do matte, it's going to be the same thing. You know, there's no stretching over it. There's no, there, there's, there's no forgiving. Now, the spray-on vinyl dip stuff, it, it covers it up, but... I'm going to be honest, it's horrible to remove. It's horrible to, uh, it, it never gives you that new car appearance. It's a good 25-foot way to change the color of your car, in my opinion. It's not good, good for up-close stuff. Wrapping, you know, I don't think you're going to see Will put a car on the big show circuit that's completely, you know, completely wrapped. I know the the Scotty D vehicle is is a wrap, but there were budget concerns in that. But you're not going to see something at a the Grand National Road Roadster Show that's wrapped. Not not yet. I think you will one day, um, because you know they're. I was, I was just going to say that. How long do we think? I don't know. Five years. Five to ten years. I could see that in that when you start getting into what they're going to be able to do with wraps compared to paint. I mean, there's going to right. be certain details. Um, you know, I've seen variable colors of suede wraps. You can do a wrap that is an absolute mirror finish. Uh, you can, you know, you can do gold impregnated wraps and things like that, which I think is cheaper to do um, on a manufactured product like that than trying to, you know, have Will grind up a bar of gold and then have his painter mix that into some paint and spray it on a car. They're already wrapping door jams and underhood panels and inner fenders and you know they're they're already doing that. How much longer is it going to be before you can do a seamless wrap on dang near a whole car? I think it's in it's it's coming, you know, and Wrapping a vehicle has its place. Do I think you'll ever be able to get a wrap as good as you can do a wet sanded and buff paint job? Uh, no, I don't. I hope I'm proved wrong one day, but there's something about a, a mirrored finish 
paint job on a car that's just strikingly beautiful. I hear a lot of criticism on wraps and why do you want to do it that's cheating, etc. And what caught me by surprise, and now it would be six years ago, and I've had two of them, my, excuse me, my Hyundai Velocitors, both of them had piano black finishes on like the uh, front A pillars and that. And the front A pillars are actually wrapped from the factory. The mirrors are wrapped from the factory. It's a thick vinyl. It's a little bit more than I, I think the 3M stuff that, you know, you're going to run through your Cricut that you bought off of uh, Amazon. But those aren't painted components. Those aren't molded that way. Uh, the the Velocitor, the A-pillars are molded in a uh, matte black, but if you get the piano black finish, all the piano black finish is a wrap. And it really, you know, amazed me that the, the color of the mirror was the wrap. So I'm going to maybe they, you know, okay, we're going to wrap the mirrors and we're going to wrap, I don't know, what other portions of the car were wrapped. And then you do they match the paint? <laughs> is the paint formulated to, to match the wraps or the wraps to the paint? It's kind of you know, interesting there. Uh, my vol- my 2012 Velocitor is the first car I ever wrapped myself. And I fell victim to what we just discussed about the dings is there were some dimples in the front bumper of the Velocitor for the, your front license plate bracket. And Alabama is not a state that requires that. But I went ahead and wrapped it and go, oh, it, you know, you'll never notice it. And I stretched the vinyl tight over it and you didn't see it that first night. And then the next day it got warm and the vinyl got soft and it sunk right into those. And I had four little dimples <laughs> in the front of that car to the day I, day I traded it. Uh, yep. I always swore I'd go back and fix it, but we all know sometimes how well I am at going back and doing something that's um, upset me. And, and I think, you know, if you're buying uh, an exotic or a new car that, that you want it color changed, wraps the way to go 100%. And, you know, you're preserving that factory finish on that car. You're not getting it scratched up. You're not... I mean, if you get a ding in it, you get a ding in it. A wrap ain't going to do no good. But, you know, you're you're actually kind of preserving the, the factory status of that vehicle. So, you know, I... I, I honestly think that it's, it's a good thing. Does it keep me from getting some jobs and some work probably, but uh, I think there's enough of it to go around for everybody right now. I, again, I hear and sitting around talking to some car people that really aren't in the know or you really don't put two and two together. You're right, Will. If you go out and buy a brand new uh, Murcielago, and why do I say Murcielago? Is that even the current? <laughs> Duh. You go out and buy a brand new event door and it comes bright orange and oh no you want you know apple green or something so you you go ahead and wrap it and you go oh you should have painted it wrapping's cheap you know that's the easy way out well some of those wraps are serious in five figure jobs but you do preserve the original finishes the wrap will 98% of the time come off without damaging the subsurface if it's properly prepared that's the difference between your cheap wrap jobs and um, uh, your higher-end stuff is how well the surface was prepared, the qualities of the vinyl. But, okay, you don't want to do a color change. 
but you want to preserve that paint. The biggest thing it seems right now is all of the clear bras and such that everybody's putting on your car. Basically, you're wrapping your car in clear. If you go out and you buy a new Ford GT and you clear bra the mirrors and you clear bra the doors and you clear bra you know, behind the wheel wells and then you clear bra the whole front clip, you've effectively wrapped the car. If you wanted to change the color, change the color. Uh, the difference is the clear bras are a couple mils thicker than what the wrap is usually, but it's you can cut them on the same vinyl plotter. You can, you know, you utilize virtually the same program on doing it. There's no difference, and I, I, I've got friends that will criticize any wrap job, but their whole car is clear broad. I mean, everything, nose to tail, is all clear broad, so it can't get scratched or chipped. Well, but that's different. It's clear, right? You can see exactly. you can you can see through me. Exactly, it's my fa- my favorite color, clear. Now, but you got to be careful. If you order the wrong clear, the car disappears. No, no, that's camouflage. Yes, yeah, camouflage. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, I, I obviously I'm agreeing. Uh, you know, I think we are all kind of in agreement here from a preservation side of things. Uh, in the in the short term, I will say it, it likely will preserve that. But you know, being from the world of objects conservation, after a while, who knows what that adhesive is going to do to the paint underneath? And by a while, I mean you know, 50 plus 100 years, uh, there's always worries about what any chemical on top of a another chemical surface will, how it will react. You know, I'm one of those oddballs that worry about 100 years from now. Uh, but I think the the cool thing or the interesting thing with vinyl that is is very difficult, if not almost impossible, to do in a paint you know situation when with a paint job is the ability to do more realistic images on vehicles you know airbrushing you can get you can i mean some of those guys get very very good images out of airbrushing but when you're printing a picture directly on vinyl I mean, you're getting a, a whole nother level of quality of an image versus what can be airbrushed onto a vehicle. So I think that's another area where, um, you know, Will, with some of the probably hot rods at, at different shows, you know, uh, you know, we, in my thought, is that that is possibly where some more vinyl will start peaking its way in is with like high quality images being involved in the finish. What are your thoughts on that? Yeah. You know, if, if you're doing like, uh, I'm not really sure how like ICA looks at that. Yeah. I could definitely see some stuff like that going on. I think, you know, you're absolutely on point as far as, Printing an image versus painting an image, you're you're going to get more clarity, more depth uh, with a printed image than a than an airbrushed image, and and in a a sixteenth of the time, as well, where it really benefits is in your in your advertisement type things, 
uh, like the Rocket Camaro. You know, the whole reason we're we're building that car again is is strictly for it, obviously, to be more competitive, um, but for a marketing standpoint for Rocket Racing Wheels. So I mean, he could print one of the wheels on the wrap, and bam, there it is. It's it's in your face. It's on the car, and then there's a printed wheel on the wrap. Um, anything from from that to a, a plumbing vehicle running down the road where it looks like somebody's sitting on the toilet as they're driving the vehicle. I know we've all seen that. You know, and, and painting that, don't get me wrong, like you said, there's guys out there that can paint it and it'd be really nice and, and realistic, but you're you're printing it versus painting it. And, you know, the biggest thing in, in, in my eyes is the time thing. You know, if you're paying somebody to sit there and paint that, I mean, you're looking at days and days where, you know, you just hit, you know, program it in there and hit print, you know, it's printed. And then you save it, and if something happens to it, you just print another one. Definitely the way to go in advertisement. And and I, I don't want anybody to think that, I mean, to me, there's nothing cooler than a hand-lettered, you know, 60s gasser. But in the modern day with NASCAR and NHRA and even even these autocross cars, most of these autocross cars are wrapped. Uh, A lot of, you know, several of them are still painted, but, you know, a lot of them are wrapped. And you can change the way your car looks uh, overnight, basically. I mean, there's no replacing that. It's here to stay and it's not going nowhere. and, And it's really the things that they're doing with with rap is is pretty cool you see i guess i look at it as it it's something that i find acceptable for modern cars things that you're going to drive things you're going to go into the showroom and buy definitely advertising especially when you get into the perforated wraps that you can put on windows and still see through and you know some of that one-way stuff is just amazing to me uh, you're right, you know, you can print off a whole NASCAR car and, you know, quote, one big sheet of vinyl and lay it on there. Uh, there's rumors. I've never seen them. I've read the articles that there's some shops in Europe that, you know, say you have a BMW 1 Series. You can pull in there and say, hey, I want my car blue. They'll type a couple of things into their computer and they print off. Uh, a pre-cut blue BMW for you, roll it up, send you home, and you wrap your BMW in blue. And then eight weeks later, you want a yellow that car in yellow, you go in, you tell them, everything's already CAD scanned in, everything's ready. They're able to pre-print the pieces, and, you know, you lay them on your car. How that affects jams and door handles and logos and things like that, that's the difference between me wrapping at home and a professional wrapping um, by far and away. You know, I've got a friend that wraps vehicles for a living. He wraps cars for athletes, you know, sports stars, entertainers. And, I mean, Aston Martin doesn't deliver the car to the purchaser. They deliver him to this guy's garage, and he totally changes the color of the car. But... He pulls the headlights out, pulls the door handles off, pulls every trim piece off the car, pulls the rockers out, 
And when he's done, you don't see a bit of the original paint, uh, ex- except down into the engine compartment, maybe. But if the hood's shut, you won't see a bit of the out, you know, original color. It's just, you know, level it takes. And, you know, you're talking sometimes 30, 40 hours to wrap a car. Or he's, you know, wraps boats, wraps airplanes. It's really, it's really an art to do it and do it right. When he prints up um, wraps and cuts the wraps for, say, a mini, and he lays it out on the front, uh, a mini hood, it's cut perfectly around the mini batch. Weird. Or vice versa. If you just want to wrap your mini badge, he can print you your mini badge and you can change the color of your badge and it fits perfectly. The number the numbers and the, the codes are in the machines and you just have to you just have to buy the right program and then you just print it off. I don't know how to take apart, you know, an Aston Martin and the next day take apart a Lamborghini and the next day take apart a GT three and then the next day take you know, take apart a Testarossa. It's really a talent to do it and do it right. Um, I've seen some friends have cars done, and I've seen some cars done that you just go, oh, I mean, they spent $300,000 on this car, and they paid twenty grand for this wrap, and I can tell the car was originally white, um, and, you know, they wrapped it in matte gray or something. And th- that That's inexcusable to me, but, you know, research... If you choose to go the wrapping route, research it. See some of the jobs the guy's done. See, see what's happened. Um, it's it appears easy, but like everything else in this world, nothing is easy to do or accomplish. Right, hey, painting painting a car appears easy too, and <laughs> yeah, they I do think it as we can all attest, day. it's not. They do it in a day on TV. Exactly. A day, a day. less they than an hour. Three and a half minutes the last show I watched. <laughs> exactly. I've become pretty good friends with Nate Krause, who owns IBS Wraps. And I think he had six cars at SEMA last year. Um, pretty pretty known guy in the rap industry, rap game, whatever you want to call it. If you guys want to hear more about it, shoot, let us know through our social media and we'll see if we can't get Nate on the podcast and, uh, you know, send us some questions about it and we'll be glad to ask him and see if we can get him on the podcast and we could all, I'm sure we'll all learn something if we have Nate on here about wrapping vehicles and really what it takes. Cause he's like your buddy, John, he, you know, every time he sends me a picture, there's a, you know, a new Lamborghini or, Ferrari or, you know, something in there kind of crazy that, that he's doing. He's even doing some local uh, asphalt race cars and stuff. So, And, and I, I can get my guy on, too. So, I mean, it's if, you got, if the listeners definitely want, we'll get a professional rapper on here to discuss this. You know, in a touch of irony, my, my rapping friend out of Atlanta, he... Um, had a project jeep of his own that was kind of halfway wrapped and the rest of the wrap got destroyed or something and he ended up uh, selling the jeep so he was going to complete the wrap and then he couldn't find a matching color so in a rush he stripped all the wrap off and painted the car so it's just one of those little odd things he can do both and like i say he does all kinds of things but it just as we're talking you know there there are times that wrap won't work 
earlier I was thinking you could go ahead and, you know, you always have, it's, it's easier to match colors. But if the manufacturer goes away or if it was an oddball color or something, I guess wrapping even presents that same challenge as a, a red car. Lots of luck in matching the final paint. Covered it pretty well. And I mean, I think it's, it's like a lot of things we talk about. It comes down to it's, it's good for some things. It's bad for other things. Uh, you know, probably the thing it's best for is more, obviously more modern vehicles. And my experience with it, it's been at the Rapid A Corvette racing simulator. So we've got a fiberglass car, body panels that don't get dented. They don't rust. They don't have all these issues. So on something like a Corvette, it's it's actually very good because you don't have to worry about those dings and dents showing and uh, all these oddball situations. So in in the case I've experienced it with, it's working great. I mean, it's fantastic. We were able to change the color of a car from uh, blue to Corvette racing yellow and decal it up to look like a C6R race car. And people love it, and they have a blast getting in it and driving it, and well, you know, simulated driving it uh, on the screens in front of them. It works well for that purpose, and and you know, I know there's a lot of actually at at our event just a couple of weeks ago at the museum, there was another vinyl wrapped Corvette that caught uh, a number of people's eyes, and including myself and and my team that work on the cars at the museum, because it was highlighter green i mean you, you imagine you know you, you think of your highlighter yellow your very famous well-known bright yellow but then there's of course the other ones you've got that bright intense green highlighter it was that color i mean it was highlighter green with black accents you i mean it, it looked like it was glowing in the middle of the day it was you know we went and talked to the guys that had it there and looked at it. It was a very well done vinyl wrap. You very you had to look very closely to see that it was vinyl. Chit chatting with them about it and just kind of stuff like that. And they were there, you know, just because they're Corvette fans and they love it. But they also own the company that does the vinyl wrapping and were showing off what they could do. The the other thing that we talked about in the pre show that I don't think we've talked about yet is some of the crazy things they're doing with the vinyl wraps other than printing images things like that but they now have color changing vinyl when it gets hit with hot water or cold water or i don't remember everything we listed off uh, self-healing if it gets nicked or damaged um you know so there's there's a lot of technology going into uh, vinyl wrap what it's capable of doing on the car after installation while you have it on there for you know years after it's been installed it's just an emerging technology we're touching on it a little bit as uh three self-admittedly amateurs on it if the the listeners want to know more about that uh we'll definitely have a uh somebody on who knows what the heck they're talking about and it's also i'm going here and oh man now we need to have a paint powder coat discussion but maybe we'll bring go ahead and just go ahead and bring that powder coating expert on <laughs> and interview him and discuss some of the ins and outs of powder coating. And uh, while this doesn't necessarily touch on the collector car topic from history, 
is I don't think any of us are endorsing that when you're uh, restoring your 1957 Chrysler 300C convertible, you go ahead and wrap it instead of paint it. But now wait, 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 because we have to think about that. I I'm trying to remember the name of something, so I'm stalling. If I believe, if if I'm remembering cor- correctly, was it not called Dynock? which was the faux wood grain wrap that you would put on the cars for the faux wood graining? Yeah, that wasn't a 50s, was it? I thought you that didn't come in a little bit later. No, it was like late 50s and into the 60s that they had the fake kind of vinyl, you know, stick-on wood grain on some of the woodies. I'm trying to remember. I definitely know the 70s fake wood grain and the 60s fake wood grain and the 80s fake wood grain it it may have been 60s i might be pushing it stepping back into the late 50s but i'm pretty sure it came out in it, it probably the 60s so i'm just saying we have to look back and there was there were uh you know there were things like this back with some of these collector cars well i do i i know 62 sticking in my head knowing it existed then. And then the flip side, I'm thinking of a 50s town and country um, that was wood. Oh, yeah, so, yeah. The so, price of the so town and country. Somewhere yeah, in that 12-year span, you're right, some of that stuff did did get introduced. Um, you know, and it, it goes back to trying to figure out that. But I'm pretty safe to say that a Chrysler 300C convertible never came with wood grain. Um, <laughs> No, but it looks sweet with it on there. Well, there was a couple of years ago when I had my 12 Fiat uh, 500 Sport. It was this dark green. And if I would have ever got the dumb thing to run and the dealership, you know, if, if I didn't have the problems I did with it, um, the first thing I was going to do is put one of those wood grain wraps on it. Just It just seemed to scream it. But that's me and my oddball love of certain things. And, and if we if we want to step way back in time to the good old days in the late 20s uh, and into the 30s, and you really want to get into re- restoration work, you have to remember that back then they actually wood-grained some of the interior components with a painting technique. They would actually use l- different colors of paint to make it look like the interior had wood in it. Oh yeah, that was that was something Will and I both did while we were at McPherson. Mm-hmm. I have a wood graining tool, so yep, I have I have the same in the garage. It's been years since I did that, and um, to be honest, <laughs> here we are on another. You've just now introduced a new technology. I've seen a shop recently redo uh, a '50s era Plymouth, and they hydro dipped all the wood grained metal. Oh yeah. Oh, and there's a whole nother, <laughs> whole nother technology that we can discuss. And I guess I'm going to kind of wrap it up here a little bit. But ah, pun intended. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. But to wrap it up, we've now touched on wrapping vehicles and we've touched on powder coating and now touched on hydro dipping and if any of the listeners want us to discuss or if you have questions about the, these topics, let us know. And the three of us will research it and finding an expert 
to uh, come on the show and ask your questions too. Uh, it's I think it's you know very valid and now that all of a sudden I've introduced hydro dipping to the restoration process, Derek's introduced vinyl wrapping to an unknown undisclosed date and time, and Will's thrown it out there that his next uh, a riddler contender will be vinyl wrapped. Um, Easy now. Well, no, that's fine because I don't ever plan on building another car. Well, well, I was that was I was just going to end it with the one question. You're not allowed to show any pictures of the car in paint. Can you show the car in vinyl? <laughs> I tell you what, you need to go read the new rules for the Riddler, and you will laugh your tail off. You can't even. I couldn't send you text message picture of any part on it the guy doing the rendering for you cannot email you the rendering get you some of that i'm glad to know they're embracing technology that's right Mm -hmm. they better get with the times there ain't gonna be nothing left in detroit for the autorama and with will's profound statement i'm out of here tonight guys (laughs) talk to you later I'm out. Later. See you later. I will. Bye. Bye, John. Bye.